up everybody we are back welcome to real chronicles brought to you by realtalking.com i am your host david i am joined with today ryan what's happening everybody and leo yo no nowhere special today just nope, just, just, just just leo just regular. <laughs> because, because it's comic book movies and of course you're going to be here uh jenny decided to pass on today because she realized that when it comes to comic book moments she'd have every moment from wonder woman so she decided and captain marvel and captain marvel <laughs> and captain marvel so she decided to not be on today um and happy thanksgiving week guys what, yeah, a, what a very unique thanksgiving we're about to have this year um yeah. f- fun fact i didn't i didn't ask you guys this off the line so this is going to be off the top of the head what's your favorite family movie ryan it's a tough one, right? Yeah, I can't even think of one off the top of my head, to be completely honest. <laughs> Leo, do I'm you like have it. one? A family movie? Um, I don't know. I got, I got, I got to side with with Ryan on this one. I don't know if anything I Disney? can even. Yeah, I was gonna say, right? Like, maybe something Disney, or you know what? Actually, um, I think Christmas Vacation. Oh, I love Christmas Vacation. Uh, yeah, my sister and I like to watch that one. So yeah. So for me, it's The Godfather. Uh, so oh, of course the most festive of them all. Of course. of course, I fun fact: I do have a tradition here in the household that I watch The Godfather Part One, Two, and Three every Thanksgiving Day. Because oh, it is, I mean, it is the traditional family movie. That is, you know, it is uh, as much a family movie as Home Alone. So we will actually dive into the godfather part three that is going to be re-released in december uh and i was just sent a screener to that so i'll be having a review for that in the near future but let before we get into our comic book movie moments let's get into the news of the week uh some of these it's just i just wanted to get your guys take on it because it's kind of hilarious so the first one is the epitome of lol so spike lee is making a musical about viagra <laughs> I I I um before I hand it off to you guys, it's one of those I love Spike, but Spike is a very eccentric director. Sometimes he hits, sometimes he misses, and when he misses, sometimes he really misses. I don't know how I feel about this. It actually may be something that may be so unique that it works. Ryan, what are your takes on the Viagra musical? I'm so intrigued. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's gonna be better than Cats. <laughs> that is true. You're not. You're, that is true. Uh, Leo, thoughts on the Viagra musical? Uh, I think Ryan words <laughs> out of my mouth. Honestly, it's funny because when when you were saying it, I was like, "How can I work Cats into this?" And then Brian just said it. I was like, "There you go. There it works." <laughs> uh, so yeah, no news outside of the the report that the film's being made, and I thought it was hilarious. Uh, next bit of news is Scream Five is done. It's wrapped its shooting a year and about a year and three months before it actually releases but the big takeaway was the movie would not be called scream five it would actually be called scream i hate it it just as much as you do leo it's 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 like this isn't halloween because halloween i get why they i don't get it i think it's stupid anyway but i understand a little bit more why 2018's halloween was called halloween because that continuity is all fucked up one through four of Scream is a very nice, tight continuity. I don't understand why they didn't call it Scream 5, but it is what it is. I mean, I would have called it uh, Turn the S into a 5. If you're going to call it Scream, call, turn the S into a 5 and do Scream like that. But it looks like the logo is just the same logo as the original. So, uh, Leo, thoughts? Yeah, dude. I it's funny because I think um, uh, John Carlo was the one that posted it about uh, when I read it, when I read it. I read it on his story on Instagram, and like, yo, bro. I'm like, 
that's such a missed opportunity there. It's such a missed mm-hmm. opportunity. Uh, yeah, not not a fan of the title, not creative, and like you said, it's it's just gonna mess everything up with like the titling and just like i don't know i I, i'm not a fan i just hate it yeah and before we get to ryan i am now very confident that sydney's going to be killed in the first scene of the movie that's kind of where i think the movie's gonna go and then introduce everyone else ryan are you a screen fan um i am not as hardcore as that you are like i enjoy the series but so i intrigued on why they're doing it but yeah, I don't think it's a good decision. Yeah. This is actually much greater news. Uh, Robert Englund is joining the cast of Stranger Things. Interesting. Ryan, thoughts? Interesting. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with them and where they go. Leo, thoughts? I'm so on board for anything Robert Englund does. I don't even, I, yeah, I don't care. I don't care how big the role is, how small the role is. Like, the, the show is very horror-esque. So, like, just having a horror juggernaut like that is perfect. And he's so over the top. That it actually works so much. Um, the first thing, it's funny because I have a, I have this giant Stranger Things poster that I have signed by like all the kids. And I have uh, uh, Sean Assens. I have a lot of people that I signed on. And the first thing I thought was, man, his comp price is going to go e- explode even more than it already is. Because Robert Englund charges like $100 already for an autograph. So I can only imagine this in Nightmare on Elm Street. If, especially if his character's huge. It should be uh, his price is going to go up, but news is exciting. I can't wait for for uh, season four to finally come. And I'm and I read somewhere that Duffer Brothers are happy that the the show is delayed was because they were able to tighten up the the script a little bit more for the season. So it should be fun. Uh, next bit, I I I can't. You know, you know how it goes. You know how it goes, fellas. Um, there's no week that we can't talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> uh, so. I, uh, we have like a theme song for this segment. I know, right? <laughs> I, I think we should have one. Um, so there was this hype on the internet this week. I was working uh, during my day job, and then I see all these notifications pop up from my Twitter. And I'm like, oh, a new Snyder Cut trailer. Cool. Sure. Well, I'm going to post it for the site right now. So I'm getting ready. I post it for the site. And uh, full disclosure, I usually just post a trailer and then I watch the trailer when I'm posting it on our social media. So I'm getting ready to post a trailer on social media. So I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, this is the exact same trailer that we got two months ago, just in black and white. So, Ryan, what are your thoughts on the new Justice League trailer? I almost fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Leo, did you love it? at this point, like I'm not. Does anything surprise you anymore? Like no. if they put the if they put the trailer on from like and they just they played it backwards, that wouldn't surprise me. If they put like the visuals like upside down, that wouldn't surprise me. If they didn't put any visuals and just put the audio <laughs> of the trailer, that wouldn't surprise me. Hey. If they replaced if they replaced all the cast with Muppet Babies, I would still not be surprised. And you know what the best Might part? Be a better movie that way. <laughs> you know what the best part of it, guys? You're 100 percent right, Leo. And you know what won't surprise me? That Snyder stands will still think it's the next Citizen Kane. Every so I I oh man, I can't wait for this movie to come out. I'm so excited to like either completely bash it or just admit that I was wrong. Um. Keeping in the DCEU, uh, we kind of called it guy last week, guys. So Wonder Woman is going to open in theater. They're going to do a day and date. So it's going to open in theaters on Christmas Day, and it will premiere on HBO Max. I think uh, bef- I think this is uh, a win-win situation because we talked about how, like, how bad Tenet did at the box office, not as successful as everyone expected it to, to be. Uh, this opens up the opportunity for folks to watch it at home if they feel to feel more safe. And if people want to watch it on the big screen, there you go. You have the opportunity. So uh, it will only be on HBO Max for a month, but I do expect everyone that wants to see it will see it on Christmas Day. So, Ryan, I'll kick it off with you. Thoughts? I know exactly what I'm doing on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it's a smart move, and I can't wait to see it. Leo, thoughts? Yeah, I I think it's um it, it's funny when when the news dropped, I was like, damn, like Dave should just work for these people. <laughs> 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 like you, we, you've been kind of calling it for a while now, and it's like, what what took like leadership that long to make a decision that like you pretty much just made weeks earlier? But yeah, either way, I I think it's the be- making the best of a poor situation. I'm I'm for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, and I. 
I I may have written it for the site and I forgot. Do you guys know the length of Wonder Woman? Because I like one or two. Uh, this one, one uh, Wonder Woman eighty four. It's actually two thirty two. I did not know. I forgot oh. it was two thirty two. So in a way, yeah. I, I'm kind of happy. I'm just gonna watch it at home. It's gonna be. I'm gonna bookend it. I'm gonna watch Soul in the morning. Watch about twelve hours of a Christmas story. And then watch Wonder Woman at night, kind of bookend Christmas Day perfectly. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited for it. I'm glad that we actually are going to be able to get it this year because I, I know a lot of people were worried. Uh, to say uh, Jenny was pissed is an understatement. Yeah, uh, she was not very happy. She went on a on a rant on the couch, and I, unfortunately, I was the only one that could hear that rant. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that that uh, should be. A big hit for HBO Max. I think it's going to draw some subscribers. Subscriber crown for the holidays is going to go up. So uh, looking forward to the movie when it drops on Christmas Day. And then last bit of news. uh, It's more on the what we think will happen. And I think we will agree with this. So Black Panther 2 is going to start filming in July next year for the 2022 release. So they're still going to stay on track for a 2022 release. I assume that this entire script was scrapped, rewritten. Now comes the question. Uh, Ryan, I'll kick it off with you. Are we recasting T'Challa or is Shuri going to be the new Black Panther? I hope to God Shuri's going to be the new Black Panther. Like, I don't want to see that cast recasted at all. I like, he did such a great job, and I think it would be a slap in the face, to be completely honest. Agreed. Leo? Yeah, actually, good question. Um, it's funny because I think the, Disney did officially announce that they're not going to CGI it, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other portion is um, there was some things on the Internet, some things that got leaked that uh, in the midst of like, you know, the movies and the shows, um, like Disney also releases certain like books that like extends the universe further. And in those books, there's like supposedly there's like a, an explanation that Shuri has evolved her character tech wise. Um, so it, it kind of like blends it exactly fine to giving her the mantle. It kind of alludes to it. So it would be like a really smooth transition if you would count the whole books into canon. And I think they and I agree with you guys. I think it should be Shuri. So you could technically have Black Panther. You have T'Challa in the suit at the beginning of the movie and he get killed off. Because the Black Panther is someone that we saw in the in the first entry that it gets passed on. So it could be one of those situations where they have a situation where T'Challa passes away and you have the transition of power from T'Challa to Shuri and then Submariner. I think because I think, think Submariner is, is going to make his appearance in this appears and there tries to take advantage of a nation that doesn't have a true leader and it's going through a tough time transitioning that would never happen in real life right guys <laughs> like it no not at all, not at all right not um at all. but it should be interesting i'm actually very curious as to where they go um i am with you guys so hopefully we do get a shuri at in the black panther role but i guess we'll have to see when things open up in july and that wraps up the news for the week. I wanted to spend a little time on what we watch because I think Ryan and Leo are going to need about an hour. Uh, <laughs> so I will go first because I did not watch Supernatural. So I am going to go first. So uh, I watched Mindhunter. I started Mindhunter. I had actually had not seen it, the Netflix show, and I wanted to catch up on it before uh, we do our David Fincher episode. And I am three episodes in, and I can't believe I waited this long. It is Dude, how good is it? It is so, so good. I wanted to see how much David Fincher actually directed. So he directed uh, seven episodes of the 19. So he was heavily involved. So it's it's not like he just had an EP role and just decided, you know what, we're not going to, you know, I'm just going to take a back seat. He was very involved. And you can tell by the stuff he's directed on it. It's fantastic so far. Uh, I saw the movie Run with Sarah Paulson. It's on Hulu. So it's just came out this week. It's excellent. Excellent, excellent. It pretty much the perfect way to explain it, it's a modern day misery. It it involves Sarah Paulson and her daughter who uh is paralyzed in a wheelchair 
and the actress that they brought in to play her daughter is actually paralyzed in a wheelchair. So I love that. I love that inclusivity. The movie's fantastic. Like Sarah Paulson's great. Uh, I think you guys would really dig it because if you guys do, you guys like Misery. I love Misery. I didn't dig this movie though. You didn't like it? No, not until like the end. Oh, Ryan! It's Ryan. It's in like it's in like my top twenty of the year. It's so good. Leo, I guess if you see it, let us know what you think. Yeah, I really dug yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'll be honest. Now, I'm, now I'm even more intrigued to watch it because it's like <laughs> it sounded like I'm. Gu- it sounded like a surefire hit. Yeah. And then with Ryan, I'm like, wait a second, it's not a surefire hit. Yeah. Uh, I also saw the. I'm very big on Martin Scorsese, but there are some blind spots that I've had uh, in his career and a lot of stuff in his early career. So I saw the movie After Hours this week and after hours is the most unmartin scorsese film i've ever seen and i fucking loved it so tim burton was originally supposed to direct it and it, it's pretty much a guy that has a crazy experience he goes on a meets a girl technically goes on a date and the events that happen from that date are it's a, a crazy wild night in new york i highly recommend it and it'll for you leo since you're a tim burton fan You'll watch this movie. It's only like 90 minutes. You'll watch this movie and wonder what the fuck Tim Burton would have done with this movie. <laughs> it is pretty, pretty wild. Some of the shit that happens in this movie. Super fun. And like I mentioned, it's very, very unlike Martin Scorsese. So I I definitely think you, especially because you love Tim Burton so much, I would love to see what you think and what Burton would have done. And then to finish up, I saw the Fresh Prince reunion. Uh, did you guys check that out? Not yet. Yeah, no. Check that out today. Okay, so it's good. It's really, really good. Uh, it does bring a lot of. It brings everyone back, and I, you know, the on the your OG on Viv's and Will Smith stuff. You can tell there's, you know, there was a lot of issues there, and I've read about all the issues that they had. Uh, they spoke. I'm not gonna get too into detail because you guys haven't seen it. Uh, there is, I, I think. I've rewatching the show. I think that show falls off towards the end of the run. So they kind of avoid talking about how, you know, the show kind of fell off on the run and, and kind of kept on the highlights of it. It's very entertaining. If you guys are fans of the show, it's definitely for you. And then last night I saw a documentary on a network. I think you guys were very into Nickelodeon. Uh, so <laughs> so it's, it's called the orange years and it pretty much touches based on the, uh, the start of Nickelodeon when, it pretty much took off and the phenomenon it was during the nineties and what happened and why it diluted into what it became today. I like, it's funny because um, all I'll mention is that they touch on the fact that someone that designed the MTV logo assisted in designing the Nickelodeon logo, the orange splash. And I feel Nickelodeon went the way of MTV. It kind of, went away from what made them big and just became this other entity that it's not as popular as it was in its heyday. So, and that's all I watched. So I'm going to step away and drink my Gatorade and I'll let you guys talk. <laughs> should we start with Supernatural or what else we watched? <laughs> you do it. Yeah, no, right? uh, we should probably go like everything else and then end with Supernatural. <laughs> all right, Ryan, go for it and then you could get into it. Um, well, the other things I touched, I touched on run real quick. Um, the other thing I watched was the gentleman with Matthew McConaughey. Not sure if anyone else has seen it. I have seen um, it. I have seen it. I thought it was okay. Yeah, like, it was okay. I didn't like it as much as I expected it to. Yeah, same. Like I thought it was great cast, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Um, I started the new Animaniacs. How is that? Oh, how is it's that? It's fun. It is. It pays good homage to the old while keeping up with the times. I'll say that. And Supernatural, which we'll get into in a little bit. Cool. Uh, quick hits. I, uh, I Mandalorian. Um, oh, yeah, I, oh, yeah. Mandalorian for me, too. Duh. That's, that can take, it continues going well. I thought it was a... Uh, yeah, I think I think it's just another strong show. Not, nothing too crazy or like plot-revealing. Like it's, I think it was a really solid episode. Uh, they brought back some cool characters. Awesome. Uh, I started, I, I, I'm starting to catch up on Shameless. Which I I left off I think like two seasons before current, um that's going well. I started a show that I re- I, re- I regret starting, but like as David is a fellow collector, I think he'll understand why I had to start it. It's um 
The Walking Dead World Beyond. Why? Because <laughs> I'm already wa- I already watch Walking Dead and I already watch Fear the Walking Dead. So it's like I have to as a collectioner, like as a co- as a collector, I have to. Um, How do you like but it? It's terrible. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. It's funny because like I can, I can, I am at least I'm, I could say I'm a fan of Fear, and I can also identify with everyone that says that the original Walking Dead has really fell off. But this is trash on trash. <laughs> this is like, the acting is. T- like, they really want to make it like a, a YA audience Walking Dead thing, but like none of the none of the cast is like likable. Like they're none of them are trained. I'm like Carl was like raised in this apocalypse, and he still died. And then you have these like four kids who have been behind closed walls this whole time, and they're somehow surviving. Uh, but no, it's a terrible show. Terrible show. You know but, it's bad. You know it's bad when Leo shits on it because Leo is exactly, like, very nice exactly. to mostly everything. I can, I can find positives in like regular Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, but this is just bad. <laughs> uh, but the good thing is, it's, it's, it's I think it's a. I, I was relieved to hear that it's only a one season miniseries rather than an a, like an, an ongoing thing. Oh, good. Because then I'm like, okay, I can put up with this trash for whatever long ten episodes. And never have to watch any of these people again. Um, but then the last thing I watch, which is what uh, Ryan and I will probably be going on and on and on, is the the series finale of 15 Years of Supernatural. And it was tear-jerking. It was, uh, and it's funny because like, they, they did like an hour special beforehand that gave you like a, a series overview. Like the cast came back and they had like confessionals of how it was filming with each other. Um really awesome was like i mean how do you how do you wrap this up i think last episode you heard ryan and i talking about how like this penultimate episode felt like a series finale so it's like what can you really do um but (laughs) they did it they did it and it's funny because i I, I, me and me and ryan were like like texting back and forth and like i was like the only thing they could do like i really think that they're gonna do a time jump where like they're both gonna die and you're them like die uh, and ultimately, like, and I, I think I even called them, like, they're going to go to, the, the setting is going to be Joe's Bar, because that, that was a cool setting that for that season, and pretty much everything that I thought, right, that I would have wanted in a finale, hit, and it was like, it was perfect, I thought it was a perfect ending, it was, it was low-key, um, it was, I, I, I don't know, Ryan, I don't know how you felt about the, I guess, the, the big thing that happened in the middle of the episode of, like, what caused them to, the time jump. Well, we let's talk spoilers. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> how do you, how do you feel about Dean's death? <laughs> I think it was. I get why they did it the way they did it, so Dean can have that moment with Sam. But I think it should have been at a, at someone's hands, at a monster's hands, not just at a pipe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. I, I rewatched the episode yesterday, um, just to kind of like give it another another once over. And I think I, I like at first I was the same thing. I was like, that's the way Dean goes like that is his death. After all, like after Lucifer, after the, the, the everything and like, the fire he gets, thing. <laughs> yeah, he gets taken out like during the fight with vampires and he gets impaled through his back. Um, but I think what, what ultimately got me or what got me to accept it is like this was a more or less normal death. Like it was him in the middle of a fist fight. And it was just like a, it was a bad, bad timing, bad opportunity. Like, it feels like this would be a death that, like, if he really got out of this one through angel help, through crossroads demons, like, that's like really cheating death. It's like, at this point, he's like, you know what, man, this is, I think this is it. Like, this is, if I, this is what the danger of being a hunter was. This kind of death is legit. I was like, oh, he's not, he's not, he's not cheating now. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it was nice. Like that whole speech got me teary-eyed. Um, oh, yeah. And then when he got to the bar in heaven, and then sat there with a, uh, oh my God, Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> um, yeah. I had a brain fart for a second. I apologize. <laughs> I, uh, and then the one thing missing, and I know it's because of COVID, is just I wish they had just one scene with everybody again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm sure we would have gotten a Winchester reunion again, which we got in the 300th episode. So we did get that, but it was a perfect ending. And then 
when Sam's old and his son says the same thing he said to Dean, I'm like, oh, right in the heart. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It was funny because, like, and again, like, this will get into our list later, later this episode, but it gave me th- flashbacks to Tony and Pepper in the end of Endgame. Sure. Um, where, like, she's right next to him and she's like, you can rest now. Like, it's done. You can sure. finally go. You can let go. And I think that was the really hard. It's the same way it hit when Tony died was the same way it hit when Dean died. It was like all this work, all this struggle, all this blood and tears and sweat. Like, you know what, dude? You fought the good fight. You could finally go. Well, it's only five years. When you think about it, it's only a five-year difference that we spent with Tony, that we spent with the Winchester boys. Yeah. Yeah. And, yo, dude, and, like, during the special, I don't know if you watched the special in the beginning. It's incredible seeing how young they were when this whole thing got started. <laughs> I didn't watch the special, but I did watch the first episode right beforehand. And it was funny because he's like, I'm 26. So I sat there and did the math. Like, he's 42 right now. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, dude. And I thought it was a really cute ending. And I don't know if, I don't know how many shows do this, Dave. Um, At the very, very end of the show, after the episode wrapped up, they, uh, the camera pans out and uh, Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki give like a warm thank you to the, to the fans. Uh, they actually speak to the fans directly and they're like, Hey, thank you for the last 15 years. You know, it's been a wild ride. We couldn't have done it without you. And then like the camera pans out and you see like the whole cast behind them saying farewell as well. Yeah. I don't, was, think, like, a really... I don't think that happens often. It's probably it like does. 15 years plus COVID. Let's just do this and then let it, you know, um, let, let us give us a, a farewell to the fans and stuff. Yeah, and I imagine also like a thing there too is like, and I think I mentioned this to like to 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 Ryan, to our friend Adrian, and to Jenny. Like, not many shows get to end on their own terms anymore, right? Like, not many shows get to plan that out. Like, they usually get canceled or it just doesn't work out. And like, I think this is one of the few shows they really got to like. They made sure to wrap everything with a nice bow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took fifteen years, but it got it got everything done. I mean, I can't speak on this since I don't watch it, but. It's like you're 100 percent right, Leo. Like shows don't get that option. I think like Shit's Creek was able to do it. I just recently saw a documentary about it, how like people wanted that show to continue, and they're like, "No, this is how we're gonna finish." And then I think the other one I could think of is Breaking Bad, and I think Better Call Saul. I think those. Th- oh yeah, I think you're right on Saul. Yeah, yeah, because Saul's ending this season by choice, not by <laughs> by cancellation. So I think I think at the... that point it's a, it's like it's like I guess it's a creative decision then it's like you know what yes I'll make this show but it's not going to go longer than this. <laughs> yeah, and Bates Motel is another one that ended right when they wanted to. Um it kind of goes on to that Harvey Dent quote you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. I think certain shows that go on people want shows to go on for so long but then after a while they find reasons to hate it like game of thrones is a perfect example i think like game of thrones is still to me one of the best shows ever made and people have this you know forgetful memory and they just live in live in the moment sometimes when it comes to television shows and movies and whatnot and they're like oh yeah well game of thrones is terrible i'm like well did you see the fucking entire series because the show is one of the best things ever made it just comes to it comes to the point where you just want something to continue and then it turns into like oh everyone decides to hate it now it's a cool thing to hate it so it's oh, uh, yeah, what i i, I remember quick. another self-contained show that like was like a short one and it, it was ending and it ended on its own terms but none of us agree with it ending on its own terms um was watchmen watchmen the, they created that to be one season they didn't want to make it another season yeah like they they made a decision from the onset they're like no this is it and they have actually asked damon lindelof if he's like if he's even considering it, he's like, no, I'm, I'm like that. That's my story. And I think yep. it ends in a perfect way. I don't think they should make another one. And I think anyone that comes in, that's not Damien Lindelof. It's not, they're going to ruin it. And that, exactly. I'm not even, I'm not even not confident that they're going to ruin it. So uh, Ryan, you were going to say something. Yeah. Leo swan song or carry on. Which one was about, would you have, preferred for the series finale oh you know what i love carry on i love like the versions of the song that how they overlap with each other and they made them so freaking emotional um (laughs) i uh yeah and i love that dean actually says i love this song it's like (laughs) oh dude yeah man like i think all of us love this song more since we started watching this show but no i I think they think carry on was good are you Uh, going are you guys going to rewatch it i i I did i did once already i definitely will again 
Yeah, I'll end up re- I mean, I'm in the middle of a rewatch with Casey, so. So it'll take about another 15 years to finish? <laughs> yeah, with Casey's timing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, but I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I know a lot of people enjoyed it, so I'm glad you guys got the finale you guys hope for. So with that being said, let's move on to our taglines for the week. I have six comic book movie taglines. And I was told that I was not easy enough on you, Ryan, that you got some hard ones. So I am going to try to take... Finally, someone recognizes <laughs> I'm gonna Someone tr- feels your pain. <laughs> I'm going to try to take it easy on you this week. I'll uh, get the hard ones. <laughs> so I'm going to kick it off with you, Ryan. There's six here. Look up in the sky. Superman. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. That's exactly why... <laughs> Please be four. I'm going to say the first one. Incorrect. Leo, do you just want to throw a number out there? Yeah, I love this. I love this. Look up in the sky. I'm going to go <laughs> with uh, Superman Returns. Very good. It is Superman Returns. Yes! <laughs> I mean, there was, there was no way to go. You had six options, so that, that narrowed it down to six. Good, good stuff. Leo, the time has come for those who are different to stand united. Oh, okay, X2, X-Men United. Very good. Yes. So, Ryan, power, grace, wisdom, wonder. Wonder Woman? Very good. All right. All right, so far so good. You guys, I think you guys should get all of these right. You guys are two big fans of comic book movies. All right. Leo, for the first time on the motion picture screen in color. Adam West as Batman and Burt Ward as Robin together with all their fantastic daring duos and their <laughs> dastardly villains too. I wonder what this could be. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's like I know the answer, but I, I want to be I want to be a jackass and be like, oh, Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. I but, I I think that this tagline would have helped that movie. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, well, it clearly it seems to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Last two. This is not revenge. It's punishment. Punisher? Very good. Which one? No, which one? Oh, which one? You're right. Which one? Which one? Oh, fuck you, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that there's a, another one that came out after this one. Actually, the there's Dolph? three. Is it the Dolphin? No, it is not the Dolphin. Leo. Oh, Middle one. It's not Warzone. It's the it's middle, the middle one. one. Yes, exactly. All right. And finally, hell of a way to end a partnership. Walk down the sh- right back alley in Sin City and you can find anything. Some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but there's two of them, too, though. So remember that. There's two. Yep. Which one do you go with? I'll go with one. Yep, it is one. <laughs> guys, you, you win. Tell, you can tell this is our bread and butter. <laughs> you guys win. You guys win six for six on this. I'm very proud of you guys. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our comic book movie moments. So, I found this pretty easy because I made sure to do moments and not scenes. So there are going to be some things here, like. The Dark Knight interrogation scene. I'm not going to put that because that's an entire like five minutes, six minute scene. So I kind of went with specific moments within the movies and the same thing with the worst. So what do you guys want to do? I did this this terribly then. I did not follow the rule. Do you want to do worse? Do you want to do worse? All right, cool. So I'll do my five through two and then uh, we shall do our number ones. Uh, Full disclosure, there are three DCEU movies in this in this worst five. Well, let me see mine. Let me see mine. Mine is no only one DCEU, but there's two DCs. What about you, Rye? Do you have any DCEU? Two DCEU and one and one other DC. Cool. I have uh so the three DCEUs, one MCU, and one uh regular Marvel. Alright, cool. So my number five is in Suicide Squad, there's a scene early in the beginning that where the Joker literally is trying to pimp out Harley Quinn to Common. Yes. So 
in in the scene, Kamen remarks she's a bad bitch, and Joker rants a bit about how much he sexually desires her because that is apparently the only reason this movie gives us to care about Harley. Uh, she enters, and Joker literally gifts her to Kamen before he kills her. Sure, it, it makes me love uh, the Birds of Prey because they really tried to just like empower Harley and Suicide Squad didn't help with that scene. My number four, I hope this is on you guys as well. The introduction of Weapon 11 in X-Men Origins Wolverine because Deadpool with his mouth sewed is definitely a moment that we all waited for. Uh, number three, I think this is probably Leo's number one, but just the Mandarin twist in Iron Man 3, just to reveal that moment was, it kind of broke my heart as a movie that I was really enjoying and it just didn't work. I get why it was done in terms of trying to create some new twists, but it just didn't work for me. Uh, number two, one word, Martha. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I... I don't know if Snyder was just trying to be cute or maybe he read comic books for the first time before making this movie. And he's like, oh, my God, they have the same first name. We got to use that in a movie. Um, It's stupid. It's lazy. It's awful. After almost killing this person, I'm just going to be like, yeah, my mom has the same first name as your mom. We're going to be best pals. We're going to be super friends now. In a movie about superheroes and a guy that flies, even that is more illogical than a man flying. And yeah, and that's my five through two. Uh, Ryan, what do you got? Um, I have an honorable mention, sewing Deadpool's mouth shut. That's just stupid. Ah. Um, number five from Spider-Man 3, Jazz Hands. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good one, good, good one. one. I totally oh, forgot to add it. That's a good number one. four, Fan Force Stick getting their powers. Um... Number three, Clark not saving his dad. And number two, just like you, Martha. <laughs> I love that. It's just like we don't got to say anything else. Just one word. Uh, <laughs> Leah, what do you got? Uh, honorable mentions are Dark Knight Rises, Bane Becomes a Bitch, um, Daredevil, The Playground Fight, Man of Steel, Superman Kills Zod. Nice. And that's your... Uh, bye. That's my honorable mention. Okay. Uh, my number five from the classic X-Men. Guys, what happens when a toad is struck by lightning? <laughs> every, same thing that happens to everything else. Yeah, that line was just <laughs> trash. I mean, yeah, that that's just bad. Um, my number four, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, Weapon 11. Number three, Iron Man 3. The Mandarin reveal. Wow, it's not your number one. Oh man, I'm so curious. I thought that was for sure your number one. Uh, my number two, Batman v Superman. Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's funny. Like when you're saying your list, I'm like, wow, David, I really got a lot of the same one. <laughs> so I am going to um, uh, kick off my number one, and I hope that I not sure if leo and i have the same one so my number one is clark let his father die oh wow man of steel it's just my thing is and i've said this many times on here i'm not a big superman fan and but i've always come to respect the fact that they try like all the og supermans outside of like quest for peace they try to really stick to like superman's mythology and the fact that in this one, and I don't, I will never really dig the fact that you know Snyder's like I want to, I want to give him some tr- uh, real uh, deep darkness into why he, you know, he does certain things and blah 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 blah. The, the real, the real heartbreak in Jonathan Kent's death in every version of Superman was the fact that Clark has to this has every power in the world and he just the one thing he can't do is stop a heart attack and then we have this scene here and i'm like i i I want snyder stands that you know dm me if you want or whatever that defend everything that he does to really defend this because a hundred out of a hundred people if their parent was about to get destroyed in a tornado I think all of us, if we had those powers, would use our super speed, rescue them, and dip. It, it It's just so, like, 
it comes off very pretentious and illogical that they he chose that and that's honestly the moment that i just fell off with this entire (laughs) this guy's entire mindset into the dceu i've come on to say that like the batman v superman director's cut is probably the best thing he's done in the dceu because it's actually very it's a much more connected film outside of like martha and all the issues that the movie has but like that moment right there when i was watching it in theaters i'm like oh this guy this guy doesn't know like what he's doing at all so yeah that's why it's my number one ryan what's your number one that sex from the killing joke Ooh, you went at it i like that i like that a lot well done like just why like that like i can get behind the beginning until that part what they should have done that movie is take the actual book put that in the beginning and then give Barbara, her story in the very end on how she becomes Oracle. That's how you should have done that movie. I will come off my post now. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so my number one is a moment. There's that. There's many moments in terrible movies, and there's many terrible moments in good movies. There's few moments that you can see on screen that signify to a generation a franchise has just died. And this moment speaks to a multitude of fanboys, and speaking my, myself included. This was the moment Batman died. Can I guess? Yes. And do I like this moment? Uh, I don't know if you like it, no. But I know you like the movie in general. I mean, I enjoy the movie, but there was this, like, there's this key moment where everything just changed. Oh, yeah. I think I can guess. Is it the back credit card? <laughs> no. C- close, though. Oh, it's damn. Batman, Batman Forever, Bat Nipples. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, everyone, if you ask anyone about the Batman movies, the Keaton, the Keaton movies, everyone always determines what's the, what's the moment that everything ended or everything changed. And it was the introduction of the nipples to the suit. Yeah. So the reveal of the bat nipples is for me, the worst moment or scene in comic book history. And if you want to book in that with the bat smile as well. Batman <laughs> oh, and actually, the, and your bat credit card was right. I'm like, you know what? That was bad too. But the franchise had already had already technically yep. died. Yep, after I, the that's a good that's a good one. And I want to commend you guys both for not including any Batman and Robin scenes in the worst because you, <laughs> I think you guys like me enough to not include those. And I like that movie enough not to include it either. Yeah, yeah very. Well, very... And, and I think those scenes worked for what the movie was. Like they were enjoyable, right? They were maybe corny or whatever, but like they weren't bad. Like everything we named in these movies were scenes that. Any other person would have been like, screw this, I'm turning this off. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like, I've talked about these comparisons to Batman 66. Do you think, and this is just like, do you think Batman and Robin is and is a bad movie for what they are trying to do? Like, Absolutely not. Yeah, because I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, like, I've made these 66 comparisons before. But, like, if you're looking at it in the context of what they are trying to make, I don't think they don't not accomplish what they're trying to do. You know, and I mean, we can fight to the death on this with people, but like, I, I, yeah, Batman and Robin is just so, so fun, so fun. Yeah, I, I th- but I think, I, th- I think it was just like the, the juxtaposition to what people may have wanted versus to what mm-hmm. they got. I think that's uh, absolutely that's gonna. I, I mean, that that's what ultimately that's what makes me not like like watching it so much. But like, it's 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 a good campy movie because they wanted to make a campy movie. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Ryan, you were going to add something? Uh, no. Oh, okay, cool. All right, cool. So let's get into our best moments. So the I, good moments. The the good, these are the movies that we like seeing. <laughs> the good stuff. So I do have a few honorable mentions on here. So I will kick it off with those. Uh, we are group. That moment in Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that moment's gotten better and better every time I watch the MCU. Uh, and it's, it actually does bring a tear to my eye. Uh the Joker sticks his head out of the police car as he takes over Gotham after uh, Rachel dies. That scene is that moment is incredible. Um, Quicksilver in X Men: Days of Future Past. Ooh, I thought that was gonna be on your fifteen. Actually, I am Iron Man in uh, uh, Avengers Endgame and the Snap in Avengers: Infinity War. Wow. Uh, so I actually did ten. Were we fifteen? I thought we were ten too. Yeah. Oh, dang. Oh, yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah. Right. I, I thought. Yeah, I, I could just bring it down to ten. <laughs> awesome. All right. Cool. So my number ten is a tie because I love ties, and I know Jenny loves ties. 
Um, so I went with the no man la- no man's land in Wonder Woman, where she uh, just not the entire scene. We're talking moments, just a moment. She steps on those stairs, and then she goes into no man's land. That moment's great, but I will give credit where credit is due. The her first appearance in Batman v Superman was yes. absolutely badass, and I give more credit to Hans Zimmer's score. Because her theme playing when she first appears uh, to stop Doomsday, Zack Snyder will never do anything better than that in his entire fucking career. She was such a badass. Like, it was such a badass moment. Like, you can take, you can shit on that movie, and we love shitting on that movie and everything about it or whatever, and anything Snyder does. But that moment, for everything wrong he got with Man of Steel, that moment he got right with with, uh, Wonder Woman's first appearance. So that's the only nice thing I'll say. Uh, next up for me, number nine, is the train uh, in Spider-Man 2. When And the moment I'm talking about is right after he stops the train and all the, all the citizens take him in. And, you know, he doesn't have his mask on. They're like, oh, he's just a kid. I, that moment's so, so good in Spider-Man 2. Uh, my number eight, I, the Avengers. I have the, the first time the camera pans around the group showing them as a united front. That scene always works every time I watch it or moment. Uh, this is the only time I think I cheated when it comes to like not just a moment. It's a little bit longer than just a couple of seconds is the White House opening in X-Men 2. Oh, yeah. Nightcrawler. Yeah, that's that, so... it, it, that score playing in the background when Nightcrawler is doing what he does at the White House is fantastic. And my number six is... Uh, Captain and Peggy get their dance at the end of Avengers Endgame because, as you guys have known, I wanted that so much, so I was so happy we got that moment. So, yeah, that's my honorable mentions, and 10 through 6. Ryan, what do you have? My honorable mentions are uh, We Are Groot, The Thanos Snap, and I do have X2, I have uh, X but I have the X-Men in the White House at the very end. I thought that was a very impactful scene. Nice. Um, and also Tony's death. Nice. Um, number 10, Spider-Man Stops the Train. Nice. Number 9, Miles gets his suit and Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, you're, you're right. I totally forgot to Love include that Spider-Verse. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Um, number 8, Time in a Bottle, Evan Peters. Um, number 7, Wolverine's Final Berserker slash his death. And number 6, No Man's Land, where she steps out. Nice. Leo, nice. what do you got? Uh, my honorable mentions are... Uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, the elevator scene. Nice. X-Men, Days of Future Past, the very end when the timeline gets fixed and Logan runs into everyone that should have died in the earlier timeline. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Shredder rooftop showdown. Yes. Very good. Love that. Yeah. But my number 10, Captain America, Civil War, Cap versus Iron Man finale. Nice. When the scene is ripped directly from the comic books. Uh, my number nine, The Dark Knight, Disappearing Pencil. Mm-hmm. At that moment, you know that this Joker is way more brutal than any other Joker we've seen on screen. You're like, this is not Jack Nicholson. Yeah, you're like, this is not, this is not and, Cesar Romero. This is not Jack Nicholson. And he does not need an enema. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> well, bro, we'll get to that. <laughs> number, number eight, Iron Man, Fight in Golmira. Uh, the particular scene that stands out is um, he's shot out of the sky by a missile in a tank. He comes down. He's all rusted. The visuals of the suit all damaged from like just like being dirty from the missile. Um, it looks so realistic. He turns around. He points at the tank. It hits the tank, but it doesn't blow up right away. And he does that badass walk away, and then it blows up. Yes, that's dope. Yeah, uh, my number seven in this scene will like it's it's so special for me because just seeing it on screen was just amazing. My number seven is X Men, the Wolverine bar fight at the beginning. Nice. Uh, the specific moment is when you see the claws for the coming time. out from his forearm, slowly inching towards the guy's neck. I just I remember just like freaking out seeing how cool that looked. Um, and my number six, David, I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, number six, Batman, nineteen eighty nine, Joker versus the Batwing. Yes, I, <laughs> I I love watching that movie. 
and you guys know that, but that scene is always so hilarious to me because, like, how terrible of a shot is Batman in that Batwing? And why is he trying to kill the Joker? Because, you know, Batman shouldn't murder anybody, and we always joke about that. But, like, not only is he trying to kill him, this this dude, like, can't hit. He He's worse than a stormtrooper. Absolutely, man. I just love it because it's, like, like it's comical because you Joker's answer to the Batwing is a giant handgun revolver and, and it's like and how does he walk in that how uncomfortable must yes. that gun be to keep in his pants all the time exactly because that that gun was in his pants throughout the whole parade and everything <laughs> and he was dancing like no yeah it's 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 so great did you guys i and i think we i think we may have talked about this on our batman episode uh last year do you guys know in the book in the novelization of the movie the money that joker is giving to everyone is not real money yeah, I think oh, he told us that. Uh, yeah, so I will have always thought that. Yeah, you're right. Cause I remember you mentioning it makes it even worse. Yeah, what he does. Alrighty, so for me, my number five, I have the how about a magic trick from the Dark Knight? That scene, like you said, Leo, it kind of sets up what we're getting with this Joker as opposed uh, to Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four is. I guess this is a cheat too. So I put the Joker's bathroom and staircase dance scenes in Joker. Uh, I think with what you know we saw last year with Joker and the fact that those two moments itself are kind of the creation of that character, uh, it really has stood out to me since the movie came out, and I think it will continue to do so. Um, my number four, I mean my number three, is another one from The Dark Knight. And is when they're playing. I think this is the term when they're playing chicken. <laughs> when the oh yes 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 because yes, you have chicken, yeah. you have that giant fight on the streets of Gotham at that moment where you kind of really see the yin and the yang and the complexity of both the Joker and the Batman. That the Joker's like hit me, come on, like I'm will I I'm willing to die to prove my point, and then you see that Bruce is like really trying to not do what Joker wants him to do. And then the fact that he is intending on killing him, because I think he is intending on running him over until the last second. He's like, no, I can't do it. And I think that moment really does set up what we get in the, in the entire uh, interrogation scene where you really see the, the duality of both of those characters. And I think that scene, that moment really sets that up. And then my number two kind of what sets everything up with this entire popularity of the comic book universe not superman but 1989's batman where the the thug is like what are you and he's like i'm batman that moment there just like pretty much sets everything off into okay this michael keaton guy really is going to kill the batman role and what eventually that movie turned into and what eventually that the franchise turned into and the entire comic book genre. So yeah, my number two is from 1989's Batman. Ryan, you're up. Uh, I have from Iron Man. I am Iron Man. Uh, I think that moment just set off the entire DC, uh, DCU, DCU, MCU. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, it also, it also set up the DCU as well. I mean, at that point, DC is like, oh, screw it. We're done. We're we're done. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, uh, number four, the disappearing pencil, Dark Knight. Nice. Number three, I had a hard time picking one moment for this. Uh, I can't just say the entire movie of Joker. Are you no, sure? you can't. You can't. <laughs> That's not a moment. I'm gonna cheat so much though, bro. So I, I feel your pain. <laughs> um. Okay. I'll go with just to be different from you, Dave. I'll go with Joker Murray. Just I feel like that's when he really oh, yeah. becomes Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And number two, Avengers Assemble Endgame. Just, nice. Oh. Awesome, right out of a comic book. And then Leo, what do you got? Yeah, full disclosure, this is like this is where the cheating really starts. So this is like not even moments. This is bad. So <laughs> <laughs> number five, actually number five, actually the group shot in Avengers one. The group shot that that nice. yeah. The See that's a, that's not cheating. That's a nice. Oh no no, great just moment. wait. It gets it gets, <laughs> it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Um, number four, the interrogation scene in uh in the in Dark, Dark Knight. Yep. This is where it gets bad. <laughs> My number three, Avengers Infinity War. The whole battle of Wakanda. No, nope, that's not a moment, Leo. That is not a moment. That is like that is like forty five minutes. 
I have Battle of Wakanda and I have Thor intro the snap. Because those, because like, now here's the thing. If I really break this up into scenes, this whole list is going to be MCU. Can I guess, <laughs> can I guess though, like if you had to pick from that, and I think I know you well enough, the moment for you, if you had to pick from that is Thor, right? Thor re- yeah, returning. Thor intro. Thor intro, yeah. If I had to pick between like everything in that, the Thor intro for me would be the the number one. Um, my number two, Batman, nineteen eighty nine. I'm Batman. Yes, well Batman, done, Leo. He's freaking holding him over the the like the the building, and he's like, yeah, just like just and and it's funny because that quote, like obviously to us, like it meant a lot because we were like growing up with that movie and like oh shoot i'm batman but now even like we're older now we realize how iconic that line is where like that's like what people remember like there's like millions of people that remember that line and remember michael keaton and michael keaton still says the line on interviews now yeah i'm like yeah man that's that line that line yeah and and it's funny because it kind of started a trend until ben affleck that every bat, every new Batman would have that "I'm Batman" line. So yep. Val Kilmer had one, and I don't really recall if I like it or not. I will bring up George Clooney because it's fucking hilarious. He's like, "Hi, Freeze, I'm Batman." It just doesn't come out menacing at all. No way. Doesn't wait. Doesn't Kilmer have it? Oh, does Kilmer's count when he's like about to tell Chase? He's no, like, I'm, Batman. I'm, Batman. I'm Batman. I, th- Batman. I think <laughs> he does have a moment in early on in the movie where he does say I'm Batman. I just can't really recall what I, you know, how I felt about it. The Clo- it wasn't memorable, though. <laughs> the Clooney one, I remember. And then I love I would put second place the the Christian Bale when he when he grabs uh, was it not Maroney? uh the other crime lord, when he picks him up and he's like, I'm Batman. And before the voice became, where's the trigger? Where's the trigger? You wouldn't give it to me in order and everything and then. So that kind of started like the whole I'm Batman saying the voice now. Uh, that kind of, it's funny. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but with the Batman trailer that we got in July, when our patch was like, beating the shit out of that guy, I thought he was going to say I'm Batman there. So when he says I am vengeance, I'm like, Oh, he took it to like the Kevin Conroy because Batman says that in the anime <laughs> series. So I was like, "Oh, this is so great!" But no, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Leo. Like Batman, I am Batman, and that that sets everything in motion. But I can swing around. Then you want me to start? Want me to start? Yeah, off go ahead. What's your number one? So number one is complete cheating. It's not even just it's it's the most cheating I've <laughs> ever done in any list. It's the entire third act of Avengers Endgame. Oh my god. <laughs> From, from from Thor, it's like from Thor, Cap, and Iron Man fighting Thanos to Cap picking up Mjolnir and becoming worthy to the portals appearing and Falcon saying on your left to Tony finally hugging um, Peter to Tony dying and snapping his fingers to the freaking dance at the end. The whole thing is nonstop. And if I had to pick one, dang it, if I had to pick one. I'm going to uh, guess you're going to go with Captain being worthy. No, you know yeah, what? I, that is that is what I think so too. It, so it's funny. I I think I that was the one that got the most reaction in the theater, but I believe Avengers Assemble is where I'm gonna have to like say my number one. Like everyone's lined up, everyone's ready to go to battle, and he finally says the words. I think that's that's my number one if I had to pick one. But yeah. the whole third act of Avengers Endgame is a fucking masterful. Ryan, what do you got? I got. I am Batman, and you guys took all the words out of my mouth. So oh, thank you very much for that. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, we made it easy for you. We made it easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's iconic. I mean, like you guys said, every almost every Batman says it, and it set off the tone for everything. So, so yeah, you know, I am Batman. To, to counter, to counter, like to counter that, you know which Batman is my least favorite Batman line? Which one? Um, in Justice League, when he goes to recruit the Flash. Um, he asked, they ask him like, oh, what's your superpower? Or I forgot when he, when he says it, but he's like, his superpower, he's like, I'm rich. I'm like, I mean, yo. I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm like, but Batman would never freaking say that. He like, that's, that's like a Tony Stark line. But I'm, I just remember like, when he's like, I'm rich. I'm like, oh, I just, I rolled my eyes so much at that freaking But Batman But Leo, line. remember who, remember who's involved. Yeah, I know. I know. They, it, it, they, I can't I'm, wait till I see that. I can't wait till I see that in Muppet form. <laughs> so before <laughs> before I give my number one, um, I do want to ask since we're talking about Batman eighty nine, 
What is your favorite Joker line for oh. a Batman eighty nine? If you if you dance with the devil on pale moonlight, that's a classic. I think that's it for me too because it doesn't make any sense. I I, I still love it. Yeah. I I don't know why, man, but I think it's so hilarious because I think he is so random the entire movie. When he becomes a Joker, it's the Jack Nicholson random show. Like this town needs an enema. Always works. Um, my eyes of a mind makes a mookie. Like I don't know what that means <laughs> at all. Um, I think that's oh, it. Funny. My favorite line I gotta say it isn't anything he says like a quick quip, but it's like a quick little exchange he has. Because I always I always laugh and I always reference it like whenever I happen so whenever I'm very disappointed in something or surprised. It's like. Like why? He's like, um, he stole my balloons. Why did anyone <laughs> tell me he had one what of those things? things? Bob Gun. <laughs> I, I I hate that he killed Bob. I really do. Hate I know, <laughs> but it's funny because it's like even in the way it all went down, like whenever something surprises you, it's like someone should have warned you, <laughs> like that he had one of those things, and I mean to kill your best friend because you're that disappointed. So before Ooh. now to finish up on the Batman talk, um. Right. Do you know that Bob from Batman is one of the inspirations for the creation of Silent Bob, right? That's what Kevin, one of Kev's inspiration for it? Yeah, I remember him saying that. Do you yeah. know what the other inspiration is? No. Bob from Twin Peaks. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now that I've seen it, I'm like, oh, shit, that's fucking great. Um, all right, cool. So to finish up, my number one, and I will say that I Am Batman was my number one moment for 30 years. <laughs> Yeah, right. Until last year, because and I think you guys know where I'm going here. I think I actually did not pick the entire last 45 minutes of Avengers. <laughs> Endgame. I don't know, man. Those 45 minutes are fantastic. <laughs> I think it's um for me, it's Avengers Endgame for a couple of reasons. And I'll go through all of them. So number one, like as kids, we read comic books and we saw giant panels. I mean, we saw. Um, Civil War and these panels were of them fighting each other was pretty fucking amazing. But we always said to ourselves, we never, we'll never see this in a movie. Like, why? It's impossible. We'll never get like sixty superheroes in a movie fighting sixty villains in a superhero movie. That's yeah, not gonna happen. And then those portals started, and it just like I. I said this on our Avengers podcast last year. Like I shed a tear because it's one of those moments that I never thought would ever happen in a move in a movie. And the fact that like we were on board and I can speak for Leo and Ryan on this. We were on board since before comic books were cool. So to see that was kind of every, everything coming to fruition of like, wow, like we've gotten this far that we're getting this moment. Um, on top of that, the theater reaction really added to this moment because I felt like I was in a sports venue watching a game and our team was coming back from like 20 points down in the fourth quarter type of thing. Like the theater, in game seven. In game <laughs> seven, exactly. Like the theater was going crazy every time one of the heroes came back from, you know, dust essentially. And the moment where like we've waited for 10 years because like, I love that they teased it in a lot of movies like Avengers Assemble, Avengers Assemble. And they never said the word assemble. And the fact that we got it and it was the right person. I don't know if you guys will agree with me on this. It was the right person to say it because I think we love Tony and I love Tony as much as everyone. But I think the heart of the Avengers has always been Steve. So the fact that he was the one that always stayed true to his colors. He never really did anything that took him to the dark side. He was the one that was meant to say that. And the fact that it happened and then, you know, everything and that shout happened out after. Shout to Alan Silvestri's score. Alan oh, yeah. Silvestri's oh, score in yeah. the background is, like, incredibly perfect for this. I think it is the best score he has – the best musical notes he has ever done. And this is coming from him. He won an Oscar for Forrest Gump. This is the best moment in a score that he has ever written. It is so good. So, it's so perfect. good. It is perfect. You nailed it. Like I've always, I've, I've, I think this movie will always be in my top two, three favorite comic book movies of all time, but this moment will never, I don't, it'll be, 
it'll be very, very, very hard for anything to top this. And then going off what Fe- what Feige was rumored to have uh, have said over this past weekend that his full concentration is now on Disney Plus, not the movies. I don't think we'll ever get anything that comes close to this. So yeah, that's my number one comic book movie moment. It's uh, it still holds up. I, I've seen. I, I actually YouTube that moment just to see it sometimes, and it's a good. Yeah, picture. dude. It's funny because I think I think when the movie first came out, I think I even had that little bit of an excerpt as like my ringtone. <laughs> and I don't blame you. It really does stand the test of time, even though the movie's almost two years old now. And you know you've made it when. It works as a political, uh, like a political satire when they did it when Biden beat uh, Trump like a few weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. Yes. When they put the faces. <laughs> it works so well. Like, and I don't know why Sean Connery was there. R.I.P. But it still worked with Sean Connery there. So, no. Yeah. Avengers Endgame. That moment. My number one. Uh, and that wraps everything up, guys. This is a fun one. I think we kind of showed our passion for the genre as a whole next week leo unfortunately will not be taking his trip with us although i wish he was because i really just want him to i want his take so much but finally after talking about it little by little we're going to twin peaks and yeah, I, can't, I can't wait to tune into this episode i just have to, i just want to listen to you guys go on about this, this my is my amazing. goal is to convince you after listening to just give it a shot because there is there is a Ryan reaction. It's so weird. Have you ever seen an episode? No. So I've never seen an episode. I remember. Well, it's funny. I remember being, I think it was like, it was a college and I was like, I was either coming home late from a party or something, but I remember like I turned on the TV and I was like channel surfing and I caught like a, like maybe five minutes of something super freaking weird that just didn't make sense. I, I don't even remember what was on screen. And I'm like, what the crap am I watching? And I went back the next day and I Googled what was on at that time. And it was Twin Peaks. And then years later, I keep hearing it mentioned in other like other shows and other references about how freaking weird it is. And I'm like, I remember I watched five minutes and I was like, what the crap is this? So I will. And before we finish off, I guess this is a, a teaser for next week. Ryan, when do you think it gets weird? Because I don't, I can, before you say anything, I don't think the show really gets weird, weird until season three. It has its moments, but I don't think it gets really out there until season three. What do you think, Rye? I 100% agree. Like, it has its moments, but I think it's very, like, by the book until then. Like, it has its very weird moments with the arm and shit like that, but until season three, it's very easy to follow. Yeah. Because I think uh, Leo, I think you probably saw a moment in the red room, and that yes, that's okay. exactly what it was. There was like a red background. Yep, and it's that's so the re- really trippy. So the red room is essentially a waiting room in the Black Lodge, and oh, I should have known that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I you should. I'm sorry. That's what that's what oh. I'm, that's what we're here for, man. <laughs> so it's essentially a red room. It's a waiting room in the Black Lodge, and that's kind of where the weird stuff goes down <laughs> and I'm going to leave it there. And then you guys are going to have to listen next week until then. See you at the movies, kid. Mm-hmm.